Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I'm so glad to be with you once again today on Let's Talk About Jesus, our broadcast right here on our website. We have several people who have let us know that you are consistent listeners, and we welcome you back again. If you're a brand new listener, we welcome you today. If you're a minister of the gospel, we welcome you today. And here we are once again in the Christmas season, and of course Christmas is coming under attack because there is a name in in the word Christmas, in the term Christmas, and it's Christ. And as, as the Bible teaches in the New Covenant, the spirit of anti-Christ is already at work. It began very quickly after the New Testament church was established, and it continues to this very day. Oh, but friend of mine, God is on the throne. Jesus is coming soon. And I believe the call to his church is very clear right now. Amen. And to come near to him like never before, that he might keep us safe until he comes. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to be talking about uh, the the message of the potter's house. And again, if you are a minister today, this applies to every one of us, uh, not just ministers, but all of us as Christians. But if you are a preacher, an evangelist, a Bible teacher, if you have part in ministry, I want you to listen to this broadcast very closely because you are are a target of the enemy. Uh, There's no doubt about it. He wants everyone who is declaring the name of Jesus and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, to be shut down and shut up. Uh, But here we are. We're headed to our 46th year of ministry, and we've used every avenue and means possible. I appreciate what our webmaster said about our ministry. We're, We're over 40 years into this ministry, and the message has not changed. The centerpiece of our message is Jesus and him crucified. Praise God. That You know, the Apostle Paul said it, didn't he, in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, I don't want to know anything among you, but Jesus and him crucified. Every beginning with salvation and every benefit and blessing of what he has come and done for us at the cross uh, is represented uh, in Jesus and him crucified. The preaching of the cross, it goes on to say, is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. And the Apostle Paul talked about the reason for him living such a dedicated and sanctified life. He said, he said, if any man glory, I, I, I will glory. If I glory, if I can boast in anything, I will glory in the cross. Of Christ, whereby I am crucified to this world, and this world is crucified to me. Oh, friend of mine, in this Christmas season, God wants every one of us as His children to draw near to Him. He wants a nation, not just America, but a nation of believers to come home. And come back to him if we are uh, in the peripheral, if we are straying, uh, if we are drifting away. 
God is calling us back. And God is calling His ministry. The pastors, evangelists, pastor and teachers, prophets, apostles. He's calling us, amen, to stand and declare His truth in the face of all the persecution and opposition and and sometimes even more heart-rending is the fact that people just don't want to hear it anymore. The Old Testament prophet said, Truth has fallen in the streets and no one lays it to heart. I remember when I was studying that and reading that at the same time some years ago, there was a story out of either Chicago or New York, one of our major cities. It could have been Tampa, could have been your city, wherever you live. But a a young woman was being accosted and she was being stabbed to death. And her scream, she was right in the the area of uh, apartment houses and people looked out the window, but no one came down, no one dialed 911. And she was stabbed to death while no one cared that she had fallen. And I thought about truth. Uh, When I read that and this scripture, truth has fallen in the streets and no one lays it to heart. That is so. what is so heart-rending and heartbreaking today. But Paul said, (laughs) I am set for the defense of the gospel. And we could just go on and on about truth, amen, and the need for God's truth not to just be supplied to us through spiritual leadership and ministry and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth Himself, but we need to apply that truth to our life, and especially right now, when the greatest evidence of the end time is deception. Deception would mark this time. Many false prophets would go out into the world and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. And listen, friend of mine, how we need to demand truth from those that minister to us. Even if it hurts, even if it cuts deep, we need it today. Because the scripture said in John eight thirty and 31, If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Praise God. God wants us to walk in freedom today, not in any bondage. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's come to guide us into all truth. God is supplying it through his ministry, those of us that will declare His Word, irrespective of whether we are loved or applauded or whether people give to our ministry. (laughs) Listen, friend, we are called not to be everything to everyone. We are called to be servants of God. And I believe that there are ministers that are going to hear this broadcast. And I want to encourage you today in this lesson 
from the potter's house. God is not through with America. God is not through with Africa. God is not through with Asia. God is not through with the Arctic. We've had people come to our website from Africa and all the way from the Arctic, but and 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 then from the four corners, literally, of of the earth. You know, when we went into ministry, we've always been in a small numerical context, and when we went into ministry, there was a prophecy given, particularly when we began again some years back, over 14 years ago, uh, that God said, I would draw them from the four corners of the earth. I will draw them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And we assumed we were going to become a megachurch. We better get ready, and I better get some help. <laughs> Amen. But that's not how he did it. It wasn't in our local area where there's a whole lot of churches and ministries that are functioning very, very effectively. But he's done it through the media. When we were on radio for so many years, and now that we are on the World Wide Web with a broadcast that God can just take it wherever he wants it. And I just want you to know that we claimed a scripture out of the Psalms that said when we began our radio ministry years ago, uh, uh, that, that, that he would send his word and heal them and deliver them from their destructions. So I believe God is sending his word to you today through this minister and through this ministry. And Jeremiah preached to a nation that did not listen. Corrective judgments had come in the land. And we're going to read two areas of Scripture uh, and, and listen to it carefully. God is not done with you. God is not done with me. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Because we have a message to bring whether people listen or whether they don't is not the ultimate issue. The issue is, do we stand true to God and declare His truth? Praise God. All right, let's go down to the potter's house and learn some lessons from the potter's wheel today. Now, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Jeremiah is hurting here because he's preached. He hasn't seen any if any result from his preaching. And he said, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they be all adulteresses, Adulterers and an assembly of treacherous men or deceitful men. And it looks so bleak, so utterly hopeless, and yet God is on the throne. God is in control. His mercies are new every morning. And I want you to turn with me to chapter 18 and listen to what God says to Jeremiah. It says, Beginning with verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Arise, go down to the potter's house. When you get there, I'm going to speak to you. Listen, verse 3 said, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought or made a work on the wheels 
And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. It goes on to say, At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do to them. Praise God. In other words, God is saying, you know, I'm not done with you. I haven't given up on you. And if you will turn back to me, if you return to me, I'm going to return to you. And I'm going to work a work. Amen. I'm going to still work a work and fulfill a purpose in my covenant people, my covenant nation. And now someone uh, commented on this. And I'm going to read this quote. And if you're a minister, you'll relate to this. It was Monday morning in the preacher's study and Jeremiah was ready to resign. Yesterday had been a disaster. He had preached his heart out. And when he gave the invitation, the only movement was the cafeteria crowd slipping out the back door. I can almost hear an amen out there, (laughs) a loud one at that. The main criticism of Jeremiah's preaching was that it was too negative. Repentance, repentance. That's all we hear the congregation said. Why not some good news? Why doesn't our preacher ever tell us what God wants to do for us? It's always what we're supposed to do for God. Does that sound familiar? So Jeremiah carefully put together his resume to send to his preacher friends. Born in Anathoth, he wrote, Son of Hilkiah the priest, called by God while still in his mother's womb, For forty-two years a prophet to the nations, sensitive but not successful, preaches hard but with few positive results. The story has been updated, but you get the picture. Jeremiah is in a classic case of burnout. He is deeply discouraged. And there's two prime characteristics of his discouragement. It's self-pity and anger toward those who would not listen to the word of the Lord that he brought them. Listen to Jeremiah, and you will become a therapist. And God's answer is found for those of us who want to help him and help ourselves out of these these caves uh, of discouragement. God's answer is found at the potter's house. And the message of the potter's house declares God is a personal father who cares. You don't have to be a preacher who is feeling the pressure and the blowback from not only the world, but many areas of of people of faith that, that no longer hunger for truth. And they don't see the value and the blessing and the benefit and the positive result of repentance. You know, repentance brings restoration. Restoration is a wonderful, wonderful thing when it occurs in someone's life. Amen. God is a personal father 
Who cares? He's not sitting aloof in his heaven. He is involved even when we are, are, are not where we need to be with him. He has not drawn away from us. He wants to do a work of restoration. He's not throwing away that marred pot that he couldn't mold into what he wanted. He is starting up again to make it into the vessel he has already predestined it to become and purposed for it. Hallelujah. He's a God who didn't merely wind up the world with a key and then went away to let it run by itself. And number three, not only is God personal, And a God who cares and is still at work. But God's grace, friend, is a certainty even among the turmoil of today's world. God is reaching out. Listen, God is still God. He is still all-powerful, omnipotent. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And He is at work right now. Praise God. Amen. The potter and the clay in Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. Pardon for the past. Amen. Peace for the present and promise for the future. I want to say that again. This is the lesson once again from the potter's house. Pardon for the past. Peace for the present. God is at work in the now and promise for the future. Several important principles in these verses of Scripture that specifically address Israel as a nation, but that also have to do with our personal life as Christians. First, let's consider the master, the potter. Amen. God identifies himself with the potter. He is the creator. He alone has the knowledge, the wisdom, the ability, and the power to create. Isaiah forty twenty five and 26 says, To whom will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? Go out on a starlit night uh, in this particular time of year when the clouds are not there. Maybe a cold winter night, and you look up and see a, a sky unobstructed by clouds. And you see all of the, the heavenlies. <laughs> Amen. He said, Who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number, that calleth them all? by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. The Amplified says, because he's strong in power, not one is missing or lacks anything. When God creates something, he cares for it, and he does it personally. He calls every star Every every planet, everything in the universe, he calls it by name. By the way, the good shepherd in the new covenant calls you and I by name. Praise God. He is not an impersonal God sitting aloof in his heaven. He is a personal and a precise and a purposeful God. There's a strong implication that this portion of Scripture means, as a shepherd leads his sheep, none are missing, (laughs) and none are lacking. Hallelujah. 
We need a revelation of the magnitude of the power and might that is at this moment keeping us and working within us to accomplish God's eternal purposes. The power that created the universe and that keeps it in perfect order is no less than the power that is active in every child of God who will truly yield to the Spirit of God. Think of it. This Creator and this creative God with such intense love and immense power desires to work a work in your life and in mine. I want you to just salah that for a few moments. Let that sink in. Praise God. Psalm 19 and verse 1 said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. One modern translation said, The heavens are telling the glory of God. They are a marvelous display of His handiwork. Handiwork here, uh, according to Webster, means work done by hand, the proud product of personal effort. I told you, he's not just sitting aloof in his heaven. God is on the move. God is working. This is the intense desire of the Holy Spirit that our lives become so affected by God's power and purpose that we, as His highest order of creation, declare His glory and become a marvelous display of His handiwork, the work of God's own hand. The potter's own hand is shaping that vessel into what He desires it to be. Listen to First Peter 2 and verse 9. But you, speaking of believers then and now, in the New Testament to us today. First Peter 2 verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should, S-H-E-W, show forth the praises of Him. Praises here is excellence and virtues. It's not just what we're doing with our mouth. It's what He's doing in our life. Praise God. Who, hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said that he has, he has literally called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen. And the Amplified says of this, that you may set forth the wondrous deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him. Hallelujah, who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. We are God's luminaries down here in this sin-darkened planet. We are the light of this world, the salt of this earth. Amen. We are the product of God's grace displayed so that the world may see in our lives the goodness of our God, the greatness of our God, to all who will come to Him by faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 and verse 10 said, We are, for we, listen to this, this God who created the universe and created the world as we know it, and all those worlds we don't know in the universe, this powerful yet personal God. It said, for we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The Amplified said, We are God's own handiwork. His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. See, the potter said, you know, this, this, I can't work with this clay. I've got to, I've got to either throw it away or remake it into something new. Hallelujah. He decided to make it something new. Praise God. Amen. Some people think that God peers over the balcony of heaven trying to find a Christian who, though imperfect, is happy and enjoying life. And when he finds one, shouts, hey, Cut that out. No, no. God wants to showcase His church, His body of Christ. He wants the world to know, amen, that that we are His workmanship. Hallelujah. Amen. We're saved by faith. Absolutely. We're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works. But when we are saved, God goes to work. And to the degree that we yield ourselves to Him, He will continue to work within us. Someone said God can make you anything that He wants you to be, but you must put everything in His hands. God can make you anything that He wants you to be, but you and I must put everything in His hands. That brings us to the material. We've talked about the potter. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about the potter, I just got to quote this scripture today. While we have a little bit of time, the scripture says in the new covenant, it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good. See the potter at work? But the potter, it, it was a human potter with a clay vessel, a material vessel. The potter to the church and the potter to the Christian is the Father. In the name of Jesus, by the power and person of the Holy Spirit, praise God, it's God that worketh in you. And the scripture goes on to say, He that began a good work in you will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have not arrived anywhere. I haven't. I've been a Christian all of these decades. I've been a pastor for going on 46 years, let alone just being a simple follower of Jesus Christ. That's number one, a disciple of Jesus. God isn't done with me. I have not arrived. When I compare myself to some Christians, I feel pretty good about myself. When I compare myself to Jesus, I got a long way to go. Amen. Amen. And and his purpose is that we become conformed to the image of of His Son. We're predestined. This is God's purpose. Hallelujah. That's why all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. Fivefold ministry is so that we can be no more children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but grow up into him who is the head to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants to go to work, but he needs material to work with. And that's what Isaiah is saying in Isaiah 64 and verse 8. But now, O Lord, 
thou art our father, and we are the clay. And thou art our potter, and we are all the work of thine hands. Praise God. God is both father and our potter. He creates the clay, and he crafts the clay. He both makes it, and then he molds it. But the clay must be available. The clay must be available. That's why it's so important to to read in the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, where it begins to say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body because of God's mercy, His grace, His goodness, Jesus' death on the cross, by the mercies of God, responding to that kind of love and sacrifice in your behalf by giving yourself away to God. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be no more, listen to this clay here now, be no more conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. (laughs) Hallelujah. No more conformed. One translation says, no more pressed into the world's mold. You see, someone wants to mold you. Satan wants to mold you after himself with his pride, his sin, his rebellion, rebellion, his stubbornness. God wants to make you more like Jesus, his meekness, his full surrender, his obedience, even to the death of the cross, his humility. Hallelujah. See, the clay must be available. God is willing and able to work a work. We must present our lives to Him in consecration to become the material that the Master seeks to use. We are only clay, that is true, but we are clay in His hands. This is the glorious hope. Hallelujah. We, we are, as we are exposed to God's Word and we bow to the Jesus as the Lord of our life, we want to live a life to bring glory and honor to God. We become soft and pliable in the potter's hand and the clay that is available to Him. He begins to work a work. And listen, if you're drifting away from God, I want to encourage you today to come near to draw near, to get, if you're out of church, get back in church. If you are not reading the Bible, pick it up again. God wants to speak to you. God's not done with you. If you're a preacher of the gospel, if you're a prophet, if you're an apostle, a teacher, whatever you are in those areas, you may feel like giving up, but God needs you now more than ever to declare His truth. Whether people listen or not is not the supreme issue. Yes, He wants us to reach the world, but not by compromising His truth to do it. Jeremiah was a witness to the nation of Israel before corrective judgments were allowed to come into the land. They could not say they were not forewarned. So most of His ministry was to warn them and to call them to repentance. If they didn't listen, amen, that wasn't a sign that he had failed. If you haven't built a mega church, 
If you have, God bless you. And continue to declare truth from that pulpit and use that influence for the glory of God and not the glory of self or man. Amen. But if you haven't, I want you to know you haven't failed. If you are faithful to the calling and the place and the people that God has sent you, you declare the message to some people they will not get saved, but they can never say that no one declared God's truth to them. Amen. Be available to God. If you're away from Him, come back to Him. Hallelujah. I believe God's raising up a, a, an army of prayer warriors right now. Amen. To intercede. There's power in prayer and intercession. I believe He's raising up witnesses unto the glory uh, uh, and the virtues of, of Christ today. Amen. Victorious Christians that have not bowed and will not bow to, 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 to the culture's uh, design to press us into its mold. But we want to be more like Jesus, not, not more like this old fallen world today. And I pray that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, that you will not run from Him any further and any more, but that you will, in fact, run to Him today. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know all the sin that there is in my life. God surely, surely doesn't want me. He surely couldn't change me, and I can't change myself. Well, let me tell you something. You can't change yourself. I'll give you that. But you can come to Jesus just like you are, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God. O oh, Lamb of God, I come. Come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus today. Just like you are. And give Him the opportunity to turn the Holy Ghost loose in your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. To, to make you into something that you could never become without His supernatural. And God will do the work. If you're away from God, come back. Come back to the altar. Offer your body, the whole of your being. And see what God will do. Because Jesus is coming soon. And it's time to stand up and be counted for Christ. And come back next week, will you? And let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.